0: Well, uh, you're, you're lucky this morning. You know why? Because usually this is the Sunday every year where we have our annual business meeting, and I talk about business on Sunday morning. If you're a guest, uh, you pick, th- like, the best impact Sunday because we have no business of the church uh, that we really need to, to, to vote on or do anything like that, and so we're just going to celebrate some things. So you came on a great day to hear some, yes, like, some of you are excited about that. You don't have to vote, um, or anything like that. So, um, as I was saying, we, we had dinner with some friends and we talked about our histories and some, some of the past. My dad this week turned 70 years old, which I'm super excited about and uh, putting, putting together some, some things, um, uh, for him. And uh, as I've been thinking about his 70 years, one of my, my favorite memories, and I, and I wrote this for him, one of my favorite memories with my dad, um, this sounds horrible. I just I just imagine saying this first line, you're going to be like, how is that a great memory? We were at um, his mom's funeral, my grandmother's funeral, and we took a little bit of time together. He, he drove me to the house that he grew up in, and we sat out in front. I think I've told this story before. We sat out in the front of this house. The people who own it now probably thought we were crazy, um, but he just started sharing some stories about his past and kind of the formation of the family and uh, his formation growing up. And, you know, it's good every now and then to look back at how we became who we are today. And I think that's true for the church as well. Uh, we've talked about the history of this church in the past, but I want to go back a little bit further to the history of, of really the church when it was launched and some of the habits that were created back in the, in the New Testament that have been happening for 2,000 years that now we get to be a part of. And uh, Acts is, is the book... The, that follows the Gospels. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the stories of Jesus. And then we have Acts, uh, which follows right there uh, after the Gospels to tell us how the church really began to exist and, and the habits that, that were created there. And so it says this All the believers devoted themselves to the Apostles' teaching. And to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. And so you begin to see some, some, some activities, some choices that they were making that became habits that now we live out. Now, just looking at that, uh, we, we still devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching. Like we talk about the stories of Jesus, Jesus' teaching uh, primarily, but then we talk about the New Testament, Paul and Peter and James, and, and we, we devote ourselves to the, those teachings together. Uh, and to fellowship, like just getting together and being together, like gathering together. That's that's a reflection of a habit that began a long time ago, and to sharing in meals. No, Amen's. I mean, sharing in meals, like, Amen. like sharing meals. It's a good thing, and it and it and it has been happening, you know, throughout the history of of the world, but in the church, like sharing in meals, uh, if you've never heard of a potluck dinner, the church was on the front end of that movement. (laughs) And I think it's like potluck's a terrible idea because you don't know who made it and what's in there. And usually it's just casseroles and leftovers. And so um, better than that, order pizza and make it like a a potluck with bought food instead of made food. I'm just kidding. And a prayer, like prayer. (laughs) This, this common practice we have together to pray to pray together. And, and one of the interesting things to me as a pastor is that oftentimes when we gather together, um, sometimes we don't like to pray in front of other people because we're not sure, like, am I going to do it right? And I'm not sure how other people do it, and am I going to make them uncomfortable or whatever. And so prayer becomes a difficult thing. But in, in, in the pattern of the, of the church, prayer was so very important when we gather together to simply pray together. And I would challenge you, like when you, when you are with other people sharing a meal, to say a prayer together. And it kind of changes the dynamic of, of, of sitting around the table. And it doesn't need to be a super long, super spiritual kind of prayer. You know, sometimes we get into this. When I, my first uh, real like youth pastor job in Ohio, I think I've told some of you this, my first week um, I, was, I was with our staff, our pastoral staff, and they asked me to pray at the dinner we went to together, and so I started praying, and about halfway through my 20-minute prayer, someone just said, one of the other pastors said, amen, we're just praying for lunch, Matt, you can, you don't, you don't need, you've already got the job, you don't need to impress us, but prayer is an important thing. So then um, Acts continues, a deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and they all met together in one place, and they shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions, and they shared with those in need. And here we find the foundation of what it means to be generous for the church. Like when someone's in need to say, you know what, I, I probably have more than I need, and I'm willing to jump in and help if someone, if someone needs it. And this, this last few weeks, I, I was thinking about those, and, and I know there's some in our in our church family who um, the, the government shutdown has affected them. And I thought, how can we as a church? What what are some things we can do to help those who have been struggling through that? And so we've reached out to a couple and um, and asked, you know, are there things that we can we can do to help? But that began that that tradition of of saying, you know, what we can we can share what we have to help those who are going through difficult times began really through the teachings of Jesus and then the early church. And then they worshiped together at the temple. Uh, it says each day. We, most of us don't do that. I come every day. I'm here every day, and none of you are here every day. But we come together once a week, and we have this corporate worship time, and, and uh, we worship together. And then they met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and they shared meals. Again, like they talk about meals so many different times. There's good joy when we share meals together. We should do this. Um, They met in homes for the Lord's Supper. They shared meals with great joy and again with generosity. Lots of food. Lots of dessert. (laughs) All the while, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their number, those who were being saved. Now, in the when we read scripture, one of the questions we we often should ask is, is this passage, what I'm reading right now, is this simply descriptive of something that happened in, in the past or is it prescriptive for us in the future? So is it prescribing something for us to do or is it just telling us a story? And I think we find here some very prescriptive things for us, some things that we should be doing. We should be gathering in the temples, thanking God because he does wonderful things, doesn't he? And, and, and we, should, we should enjoy fellowship with one another. Uh, I, I see some people in the room who, like, there's this women's biking thing that happens on, on Wednesday nights, and it's not, like, officially a part of our church, but so many women in this church do that women's biking thing. It's like fellowship together. There's a, a men's golfing group that were, they were golfing yesterday together. Like, this, this fellowship, we should fellowship. We should spend time together in activities because that's where you get to know each other. We had, uh, I think, 40 couples on date night on Friday. We had 80 kids here. And I, and I told you, um, it was awesome. I told you, um, oh, those are the parents clapping, by the way. Um, they're like, God does wonderful things with that. Um, I told you I come every day. I didn't come fr- Friday night because there were 80 kids here. But um, we like we should do that like that that for us should be prescriptive we should fellowship together we should share meals together because everything changes around the table when you sit around a table everything changes there's some prescriptive things in here for us and for us as a church the the practices that we've created there's this this movement that we've created that we gather together and then we scatter and I love these two words that we gather and then we scatter. We gather and then we scatter. It's like this repetitive, habitual thing that we do. And we gather corporately in worship in this big this room, which is going to get bigger. Um, we gather here uh, to turn our hearts and our minds toward God. To support and encourage one another. One of the things that I love is that after the service and before the service, you all sit out there around those tables or you're just kind of hanging out and you talk, or some of you go to lunch together or brunch if you came to the first service. I love that because you're supporting and encouraging one another. And we want to nudge each other along in the ways of Jesus, don't we? Like that, that's something we should, be, it should be a part of our h- habitual activity something that we just do because it's good for the soul. But we don't just gather because we don't want to create some sort of a bubble that we live in and and, and not experience the world around us, to to like insulate ourselves from what's going on out in in the the communities in which we live. No, no, we want to scatter. We want to to leave this place encouraged and empowered by the Holy Spirit to be different kinds of people. Uh, We want to love everyone always if, if people miss everything else about the church, the one thing we don't want people to miss is our love for them. Like, that should be the number one thing when people talk about the church. Hey, I don't know, that whole Jesus thing is crazy. Uh, I, I'm not sure that God created the world. I mean, that, that sounds a little far-fetched, but one thing I do know is that Christians know how to love. Like, wouldn't that be awesome if people said that? And I've never heard that in the community. I've never heard it, but wouldn't that be awesome if that's what people said about the church? And what it said in Acts, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of the people. You know what he's talking about? Luke wrote this. And what he's talking about is that the people in the community saw in the church something good. And and so the church enjoyed the goodwill of all the people. And they were drawn to something. There was something different about this community of people. So we scatter to love everyone. We share what we have What we've received from God, the grace that we've received, the goodness that we've received. Like, we don't hoard that. We don't hold tightly. But as my friend Bill says, we hold loosely to the things that God's given us. Why? Because we trust that he'll give us more. Like, God's riches are boundless. I'm not just talking about money, but God's riches are boundless. His grace and his love and his mercy and his peace and his hope and his joy. And so we should hold those things loosely. And spill over onto the world around us. Like we should let it spill out. Like we don't hold on to those. We share. And we become salt and light in this world as reps of Jesus. I'm trying to get a little street cred today. We're brand reps of Jesus. Like you are. You're a representative of Jesus. Like you were called to to be a picture of, of Jesus in this world. Jesus made this huge statement, I am the light of the world. And then he said to the people around him, now you are the light of the world. And you're like, no, 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 Jesus, I need you to be the light of the world because I'm dark. Like, it's not, I'm not a good light in the world. And Jesus says, no, no, you're the light. No, Jesus, you're the light. Jesus, no, you're the light. (laughs) Like, you are now the light of the world. So go be it. Like, don't just gather together and like be in some sort of holy bubble or huddle that never, no, scatter into the world and be the light and the salt that this world desperately needs. Now, Jesus uh, or God in, in, in before Jesus in, in the Old Testament, encouraged the people to always look back and remember what God had done. And why did he do that? Just to like somehow pat themselves? On? No, no. God wanted people to remember what He had done so that they would have the faith to trust Him, as he called them to new things in the future. Does that make sense? So celebrate the past so that we might be bold in the future. And that's what this is all about. That's what the impact report is all about. And I want to celebrate some things this this last year. And um, this is just a representative piece of that. Our community, uh, the community life in this church is in many ways unlike any church I've ever seen. Um, One of the going numbers uh, when they track church trends, one of the the going things is to try to hit 50% of your your congregation involved in community groups. Do you see that number? Like 74%. It's awesome. Yeah. 74%. Last year, at some point, 74% of those who called this their church home we're involved in some sort of a group. That is awesome. We like to eat together. Like We've, we've gotten that out. That's, that's good. We like to fellowship. We like to eat together. That's a good thing. The baptisms, 26 people gave their life to Jesus and wanted to go public with that. That's awesome when that happens. We prayed for one another. Tons of prayer requests to try to support and encourage and lift one another up. Um, volunteer engagement. 39% of this congregation, those who regularly attend here, Uh, serve at least once a month in some capacity. Now, I'm going to challenge us as a church to ramp that up a little bit, to push that number higher. And here's why. And and here's why I I want us to do that. Not because serving is the end all, but serving is the way we lead in this world. Jesus said, hey, look, in the world, uh, people want to be in positions of power, but in the kingdom of God, the way to power is to serve. Like it's humility. And that's what Jesus showed us how to do. So i want to challenge, I'm, I'm going to keep challenging you, like, like jump in and serve. And you don't have to serve every weekend. Serve once a month in some capacity. Okay, that's the community. Missions. I love talking about missions. Everything we do is a mission. But specifically our local and global partners. Um, last year, 225 people in this church gave their time uh, to, to, to a local nonprofit or a global partner that we have in ministry. And that, that's awesome. And I'm going to challenge us there as well. And this year, we're going to do some things to make you uncomfortable and and make you feel guilty if you don't serve. I'm just kidding. We won't do that. Just making sure you're still with me. We are going to put in front of us some opportunities to serve our local partners and global partners in ways that we've never done in the past because we want to ramp that number up. We want to be a church known by our love in this world and the ways that we support others. We gave $210,000 last year to missions. Like To say 10% of what comes in, we, we try to give that away and further other ministries outside of this church. Uh, church multiplication, we think this is vitally important. Did you all know that the number of churches closing in the United States is, is unreal? I mean, we are not keeping up. Like we, we aren't starting churches enough to keep up with those that are closing. And so we want to be a part of the solution. And uh, so we we helped fund a, a new multicultural church in Indianapolis. We helped fund a church restart in, in the downtown area of Denver uh, that's been there 120 years. And there are three collective churches here in the valley that we've tried to push forward with some some financial investment. We want to keep doing those sorts of things. Local out, outreach, 2,300 hours we gave to, to local serving Uh, opportunities, 400 gifts to foster kids. We stepped into the foster piece this last year, which is a huge need in our state. So many foster kids who are in homes because no one is stepping up. We want to help we we want to step in and be the hands and feet of Christ in that. So 400 gifts we gave, and we're jumping into uh, to AZ Hope and the Future at another level this next year. There are local and global partners, but what we're doing missionally is so exciting. Our kids and our students here, I believe, we are uniquely positioned in this part of the city, unlike any other church, to impact kids and students in our local schools. We are right down the street from an elementary school. Uh, Right across Shea from another elementary school, one of the largest middle schools is right up here, right past the corner. Uh, Desert Mountain High School is right here. Uh, We've got Basis School right across Shea. And then right into Fountain Hills, we've got three schools, or four schools, I think, that we can impact in a huge way because where God God has positioned us as a church. We're going to do everything we can to further our kids and our student ministries in this community. Because we believe that we've, yeah, we believe... We believe we've, we've been positioned in a unique way to do just that. We're going to invest more money in it. We're going to invest more people in it. Uh, our attendance this last year, sometimes people talk about attendance. And uh, I want to be sure that we understand that attendance for us isn't just numbers. Numbers are important, and here's why. Because every number represents a person. Like, numbers just give us a glimpse of, of people, Every number has a name, every name has a story, and every story is important to God, your story and mine. And so that's what these numbers represent. They're not just numbers. Uh, 850 people on average last year on Sunday mornings gathered in this place for worship. That's awesome. That was 14% up from the year before. Uh, starting out this year, 2019, we, we're averaging like over 1,000 on Sunday mornings. So God is continuing to push, um, push the boundaries Uh, Christmas Eve this last year was the largest attendance we'd ever had. It was awesome because that many people got to experience uh, the light who is Jesus of the world, and we challenge people to think about how he can change our lives and move us in new directions. First-time guests last year, 724 for the first time entered into this building. We hope they experience Jesus in this place. Uh, It's it's just, it was an incredible year. Financially, let me, we got to talk financially real quick. Financially... You all were so generous, and it is so inspiring to our board, to our leadership. Um, You gave $2.2 million last year. It was just a great year. Yeah. Our expenses, our staff, I think our staff does an incredible job of keeping expenses at a certain level, but 1.9, which means that we were able to prepay um, some of the expenses for this expansion we're about to do. So it was awesome. We prepaid about uh, $250,000. We have $250,000 in the bank ready for this expansion. the bad news is it's going to cost a little bit more than we thought because prices are going up and all of that, but we're working on it. We're working on kind of squeezing those prices down so that we, we do things wise. Our budget for next year, $2.3 million, and let me give you an example or a picture of what that is. Uh, our ministry and our ministry support, we invest about next year, we'll invest, or this year, 2019, we'll invest $1.5 million in that because we believe the ministry of this church is doing incredible things on behalf of God through his spirit, and we want to push that forward through what we fund. Uh, Our facilities and our expansion, we've kept at about 440,000. Uh, we believe that's about what it's going to cost us this next year just to have a facility, and then missions we're going to give. So, so do you remember the number I just told you? We about two hundred thousand last year. We we have budgeted to give away three hundred thousand this next year, and we want that number to keep going up as well. Now let's celebrate God's uh, provision to us. Yeah, it's awesome. I love it. I love our church. Did you, like, I, I know I say that sometimes, but I love our church, and I hope you love it. I hope you love it, too. It, this is such an awesome place. Now, I was hoping you would, you would get excited about that because now I'm going to challenge you. I want to challenge you. And uh, this week specifically, your little orange handout, uh, three habits that I think could, could be transforming in your life. And the first one, I, I know I'm a, I'm a pastor and I know I have to say this, it's generosity. But I, I want you to hear me maybe in a way that you've never, never heard it in the past. Listen, um, you, you have been uh, blessed by God with what you have. And I know sometimes you think, oh, I earned it, which you did. You probably worked really hard, but God has blessed you and he's blessed me beyond measure. And for most of us, we have much more than we need. And one of the the greatest challenges in the faith is to hold loosely to the things that he's given us. And I don't mean that we don't prepare for the future. I don't mean that we we don't prepare for retirement. Like all of those things are important. But to hold loosely to the extra that we have to trust God in our finances in ways that maybe we've never trusted him in the past. So here's my challenge to you. And so many of you are already doing this. to, To trust God on a regular basis by being generous here first. Like by by saying, you know what, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna start small with like, uh, fifty dollars a month or hundred dollars a month or some of you hundred thousand dollars a week. <laughs> Wh- whatever you can do, but listen, listen, God wants all of us, all of, like He wants hundred percent of Matt, and and part of that is me trusting Him with my finances. And if you don't trust um, McDowell, if you don't trust this church with your finances, which I understand why some people don't do that, I, I want to challenge you to give it to someone else. And, and I would point you to our missions partners first. And I would say, look, if you don't trust this place with the resources, then give, give it to someone else. Because for me, it's not just about money here. It, it's about our hearts and the ways that we trust God at another level so if you've never given if you've never partnered with the church I want to challenge you to try that if you call this your church home to try it if you're just visiting today um, and this isn't going to be the place that you end up there are some great churches in our community I want to challenge you to find a church and I'm going to call you I want to challenge you to give there like don't just attend there like give there like like invest in it what God's doing through that okay so uh, generosity be a regular consistent giver to a regular uh, nonprofit organization that's doing great things. The second thing I want to challenge you to, and I'm going to keep coming back to this this year, I want you to serve. I want to serve. I want to give our time to good things in this world, whether it's going to Africa or going to Berlin or many of you going to Paris or whatever one you chose or one of our local partners, like let's get more involved with our time. So commit an hour to do good here at McDowell or with one of our local partners. And listen, if you want to volunteer, we have so many different opportunities. We have like 80 every Sunday morning. spot. We have like 80 spots where you can, you can serve once a month in one of those spots. And if we had 80 people stand up today and say, I'll do that, then we would create 200 spots so that the rest of you could have something to do in this place because we want to continue. And the number one spot where we need you is in children's ministry. I'll just tell you that. It's the hardest place to find volunteers, and we could use you down there. And then the last one. Here's the the last challenge of the morning, and the most important, to be a person of love. To be a person of love. To be marked by the love of Jesus Christ, that sacrificial, humble love, so that when you interact with people around this world, they would look at you and say, I don't know about that Jesus thing. You know, Dean might be a little crazy. Keith, we know he's crazy. (laughs) But I know know this. They sure know how to love others in sacrificial, humble ways. I want to challenge you in that, to be a person of love.